coming up on Millennial. Oh, and by the way, I got my flu shot at the same time. Oh, God, no wonder you felt so shitty, right? <laughs> Jeez. I was just like, fuck me up all the way now. Let's just get it all over right. with. Right. <laughs> Imagine if you were older, because my grandpa went and he got his booster, his flu shot, and his shingle shot at the same time. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah, he got a triple jab special. Damn. So yeah. that sucks. Is Thanksgiving something that you two actually enjoy? Because it really does feel like people are just like thinking about Christmas. No, and I feel really (laughs) bad saying that, but it's the truth. Don't feel bad. Go into Publix, get a bottle of wine, and then go into the bakery and get some nice pastries or cookies or even a cake if you're feeling fancy. That's probably what I'm going to end up doing, just knowing myself. And then you take these things out of the Publix containers and you plate them on your own dishware and you're like, I made this myself. No, I'm not even that creative. (laughs) (laughs) Pam's just been exposed. (laughs) Welcome to Millennial 745. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. I think we have a more laid-back episode today. It's Thanksgiving week here in America, and we have some interesting topics planned, as always, but I I feel like it's going to be a little more chill. And we'll start with this. How did it feel having a woman as president of the United States for the first time in American history this past Friday while Biden had a camera up his ass? Um, to be honest with you, I didn't even know it was happening until it was over. Me too. Oh, no. I feel like that's when most of the headlines hit. And I just found myself thinking, well, that sounds about right. <laughs> A woman has to take over and, you know, manage the shit while the man is out getting something up his ass. It also gave me strong feels of like, you know, when we should have had our first female president right. was 2017. Yeah. Oh, I'm so bummed that you two didn't know about this until after Biden had already woken up. So, yeah, Biden was under anesthesia while he had that camera up his ass. And uh, uh, Kamala assumed power for those couple of hours. And, yeah, I thought the same thing, Laura. Like, of course, the first time this happens is just because the guy is all drugged up and asleep at the moment. I know. So I have a question, though. Why didn't she use executive privilege to cancel student loan debt. <laughs> yeah, did she do anything in these two hours? Like, <laughs> we need to check. Yeah, I she mean, do some... I think that's mainly in the event that, like, Save a Nation falls under attack <laughs> during those two hours, right? Of course, but... or were attacked, God forbid. Right, yeah. right, exactly. But, like, I don't know. I would have appreciated the energy if she'd been like, you know what, guys? We're going to do student loan debt forgiveness. We're going to do Medicare for all. We're just going to do it. (laughs) And we're going to ban all men as well while I'm at it. Why men? Biden wakes up. There's just a big canceled sign in front of him. You're canceled. Speaking of men, here was a good reason to cancel men this week, right, Laura? Yeah, so I I would be surprised if anyone listening to this didn't know this news. Um, But Kyle Rittenhouse was found innocent of murdering two people and injuring another. He was the 17-year-old who went to Kenosha last summer to, quote, defend the businesses of that city. He crossed state lines. Actually, his mother drove him across state lines. He brought an AR-15, which he was 
you know, obviously due to being a minor, but also not being licensed, he was not authorized to be carrying that weapon in public. Um, He ended up killing a couple of people and he got off on the defense of self-defense. Somehow you can go to a protest with a weapon and claim self-defense. That's a new one. Yeah. Sounds white. Sorry. I'm salty. But I was wondering, when do we think the judge in the Rittenhouse case is going to make the adoption official? It just seemed so clear that this judge had an affinity for Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, the nobody was surprised, I don't think, at this verdict. I mean, maybe if you had not seen any of the the coverage of the case, you might be surprised. But just from watching the proceedings and watching how that judge interacted in the courtroom, it was clear what was going to happen. He was a strange person, that judge. He was yeah. talking about himself a lot. He threw out, didn't he throw out some video evidence because yeah. the defense was like zooming in on the video. Sorry, the prosecution was zooming in on the video. And his argument was, well, when you zoom in on video, the video becomes manipulated. And yeah. Apple's just kind of like creating an alternate video, which is not true at all. Yeah, I think that he was arguing that based on the compression the video undergoes when you do that. I don't know. It it was yeah. complete yeah. bullshit. Um, but the hilarious part of this is I don't know if you guys saw Kyle Rittenhouse's interview with Tucker Carlson recently, um, where in the interview he came out in support of BLM and mm. also said he wants to be a nurse. <laughs> And uh, a lot of very staunch Rittenhouse supporters are now losing their minds and saying things like, man, I was like praying for this guy to get acquitted. And now he goes and does this. And so at first I was thinking, man, this is scary. This kid is getting multiple offers for congressional internships from Republicans. And then he comes out in support of BLM. And I was like, what where are we like yeah what is happening yeah did tucker like lose his mind when he said i support black lives matter no he just looked constipated like he always does okay disgusting and yet we're not surprised because this type of thing happens in america all the time yeah so over to some personal news on my front we're just running the gamut here in the front of the show i'm just warning you all right now um i got my booster shot over the weekend I got it on Saturday. I got Moderna. So I am a gold star Moderna gay. All three <laughs> shots are Moderna. I haven't met another COVID vaccine. Woo boy. I got symptoms this time. I got a fever pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then overnight, I had the chills. I had hot flashes. Like I was a wreck into Sunday. It was worse than the second shot for me. And I don't say this to like, I don't want to scare people or anything because On the flip side, I've heard that people are getting the booster and have no symptoms whatsoever. Or I think, Laura, you said you had similar symptoms like you did uh, after your second shot. Yeah, it was slightly worse. Um, And what I would add is that I did feel some nausea, um, which is it's not one of the more common symptoms, but it is also normal if you're Mm -hmm. experiencing that. 
Um, but it, I think this is also normal as you're getting you're progressing through the vaccines, you're going to have potentially a stronger immune response each time. Yeah. So don't let that scare you off. Yeah. Seems like you're fine now. And oh, everybody yeah. always says, too, that symptoms are a sign that it's working, you know, if you have yeah. like, some side effects. So that probably makes you feel kind of good knowing that your body is working the way it should be. Exactly. And I scheduled it. I scheduled it over the weekend. And my first two shots I did during the week. I'm so glad I got this one over the weekend because I wasn't planning on doing much anyway. So I just hung out on the couch in my comfy all day. This was also pretty exciting for me because I was finally reunited with a real vaccination card. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, mine had been accidentally destroyed in the wash. It's great to have a card again. And I'm seriously wondering how long it's going to be until I lose this one. I don't know if you guys have, but I, I have been asked to show my vaccine card out here quite a few times, but that I know that's like a San Francisco rule. So I don't know if you California. Have. Yeah. Now it is California. Yeah. And then once up in Oregon as well. I, I haven't been asked once here in Nevada and I doubt Laura has in Georgia, right? Laura? Uh, yeah, there's only a couple of establishments here in Atlanta that are doing it. Um, so I know that some concert venues are enforcing vaccination records. Uh, I know the Fox Theater here in Atlanta is as well. But apart from that, no, I would say that I've experienced it more when I was elsewhere, like when I was in New York City, for example. I know I talked about that on the show. They were um, yeah. very on top of it there. But yeah, here I can't say the same. <laughs> I will be going to California over Thanksgiving, Pam, and uh, a couple places we have reservations for are saying, you know, you got to show your card. So Great. I will be bringing the actual card. I also did one of these digital ones, but like Nevada doesn't really have support. Doesn't doesn't California have support for like a digital? They do. They yeah, do. But nice. I hear it's kind of a little bit of a mess. Oh, OK. Yeah. So I would just I mean, I, I have my physical card. I should really make a copy though, just in case my wallet gets lost or something. And here's a tip for people, at least in Nevada, you can go on this uh, state website and you can look at your vaccination records. It doesn't present it in a nice like card like we've been getting from pharmacies and whatnot after getting the, the vaccine. But it is something. It is hard proof from a state website that you did get the vaccine. I'm all done now, I guess. We'll see what happens after shot three. Oh, and by the way, I got my flu shot at the same time. Oh, so. God. No wonder you felt so shitty, right? <laughs> Jeez. I was just like, fuck me up all the way now. Let's just get it all over <laughs> right. with. <laughs> I will say normally. Imagine if you were older because my grandpa went and he got his booster, his flu shot and his shingle shot at the same time. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. He got a triple jab special. Damn. So yeah. that sucks. My mom did her flu shot and her pneumonia shot the same day. And was feeling pretty shitty, but she decided to hold off on her booster for like a week after that because okay. that that's a bit too much of a cocktail for sure. I did it on the same arm. I was like, does it, should I? And they were like, well, if you don't have an allergic reaction, you can get it on the same arm. And I just figured I'd rather have just one arm feeling sore rather than two. Mm -hmm. So that's why I did that. But then when he did the second shot, I think he did the booster first, then the flu shot. But when he did the second one, my my arm like had a weird spasm. I almost like felt the vaccine go through me, <laughs> which I shouldn't say for that's, people who don't like shots. No, but, but you know what? I, I'll tell you, that's what happened when I got mine. 
Really? So, yeah, I felt like I didn't feel the needle, but I felt like I could feel the yeah the actual vaccine going like, in. But oh. but listen, I I have anxiety, so I wasn't sure how much of that I was conflating in my head. Yeah, yeah. Even the even the guy who gave me the shot was like, "Oh, you just had a little spasm there." I was like, "Was that a spasm? It felt like my arm just like came to life or something. It was a very odd feeling." Well, it's probably because you're getting jabbed in the same muscle. Yeah, yeah, you're almost like, no more. That's enough. My arm's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, well, speaking of what the fuck, this is something that I never thought I would say on the show. Um, has anyone here submitted their claim for the class action lawsuit against TikTok? No, I don't even know about this. Please fill me either. in. Yeah, so um, TikTok is being forced to pay out $92 million to affected users and that's basically anyone in the United States who um had a TikTok had a TikTok account and used it prior to October 1st of this year. Um so that's a lot of people, but also what that means is that, you know, each piece of the pie is nothing. However, I noticed because TikTok does send you um a message in your your inbox. So if you may be eligible for this, you should check your inbox on TikTok and there will be more info there. If you're in the state of Illinois, you may be eligible for six times more than the average settlement, I guess because of some state laws that were violated in Illinois. But I guess there were some privacy and security laws that were violated on a federal level here in the states so you know if you want some free money go fill out the form i did it took two minutes and uh, i'll update you guys if i actually get anything from this (laughs) you're gonna get like three cents yeah because of course i'm sure this class action is all over tiktok as well and is probably going viral there so everybody's doing it oh cool i'll get ten dollars no you're gonna get pennies the number of videos that i've seen with people doing the like, they don't know I know this hack. And then talking about the TikTok class action lawsuit. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, you're <laughs> genius. But yeah, I'll report back. Good. Yeah, please know. let us know. I'm predicting three cents. Three cents. I was thinking like 30 cents, maybe. I was being a little more optimistic. Okay. Well, all right. Well, well, we'll see who's right. If if it ends <laughs> up being three cents, I'll give you the remaining 27 cents. Oh. Thank you. You're welcome. You're You're so generous. Wow. So, Pam, you weren't here last week, but it's been a big week or two in music. And I know some of our listeners wanted to know, as our resident music expert, what you thought of Adele's 30 and Red Taylor's version. Yes. So what? where should I start here? Like, which album should I start with? Whatever your heart says. All right. Well, we'll start with um, Red Taylor's version since that one came out first. Uh, I hear that you did a very adequate job covering for me while I was very away adequate. Wow, Laura thank you. in on the uh, on the Jake Gyllenhaal details. So I was very proud to hear that, you know, you kind of got the basics there. Uh-huh. Um, other than that, I mean, this album is very long. There is a whopping 30 tracks total. Uh, that is uh, eight tracks more than Red, the deluxe version, which came out in 2012, which had 22 tracks. And the original Red, which also came out in 2012, had 16 tracks total. 
So lots and lots of new music, some never before heard tracks, because with every re-release, she's pulling some songs from the vault that ultimately got cut from this album. Um, obviously, the all too well 10 minute version is kind of the track that everybody's talking about. Personally, as much as I am a fan of Taylor Swift, I was a little bit uh, cautiously optimistic about whether or not this song needed to be 10 minutes long, because a lot of times when things get cut, you know, they're cut for a reason. Right. But the fact that, you know, the entire narrative of that 10 minute track was so compelling from start to finish is, in my opinion, a testament to her, uh, you know, skills as a lyricist and as a storyteller. Um, so even if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, I would recommend checking out the short film because you'll get a nice little visual element with that narrative as well, which is really fun. And um, overall, this is like a tiny little thing um, that I think that most people that are just casual fans will not pick up on. But something that I thought was really cool was the subtle changes that she made to the production and composition of the tracks because Red as an Album is really interesting because it kind of marks the transition period from, you know, country Taylor to pop Taylor. I would argue that she wasn't like Taylor Swift in the Red era because she was kind of still coming up, not to the star power that she achieved in 1989, which is her most commercially successful album. Um, but I also think that that makes Red as a listening experience um, kind of a little bit all over the place genre-wise. And so one of the things that I really enjoyed about the newly recorded version is the subtle changes that they made to the composition. You know, um, some instruments have been brought to the forefront. There's a little bit more synth used. Um, there is like some tinnier uh, sounds that kind of exist throughout the um, original 22 tracks that were, you know, from before. And I think that it was really clever to do that because it sort of just makes the transition from Taylor Swift Red into Taylor Swift 1989 a little bit more palatable to the ear. So I think it's really fun that she did that. And I'm very excited to see which album she re-records next. But that's like my very long, but also very short review of Red Taylor's version for anybody who was interested. No, that, that was, was perfect. Good. I appreciate the details. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think the more casual listeners might hear these new versions of these songs and not notice the differences because they don't listen to the original Red as as much as a Swifty would. Like me, like I, I honestly can't really tell the differences. Like, I guess if I really listened to them back to back, I would. I could in some ways, but you just gave a good overview of, of what the differences actually are. So and and you honestly shouldn't be able to like it. It behooves you mm. not to really like hear those in a, in a way that's jarring because then it further makes the original master recordings of that album obsolete. Right. Right. And that's right. kind of her her master plan to stick it to Big Machine and Scott Borchetta and Scooter Ron. So 
Not to mention all the attention she's giving to All Too Well and some of these additional yeah, tracks because yeah. it makes you have no reason to go back to the original Red album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, by the way, was never a single. I think that that's something that um, oh, wow. really needs to be driven home. All Too Well is, you know, a song that was clearly very cathartic, but also painful for her. You can go on YouTube and like Google Taylor Swift crying while performing All Too Well. And there's like countless performances that she did on tour where you could tell that it really was hard for her to perform that song. Which, you know, proves that it comes from a a very personal place. Uh, But the fans really took to it. And they're the reason why the song is as big as it was even before Taylor's version came out. And now she's made it into a single. And so it's almost kind of like the whole world is really tuning into why uh, people that have been fans of her for a long time or just generally fans of music have always stated that All Too Well is probably one of the best songs she's ever written. So... And then what do you think of 30? Oh, my gosh, 30. If you really want to go for like a full on sad girl autumn, you should listen to Red Taylor's <laughs> version and Adele's 30 back to back. Um, it is basically everything Adele said it was going to be and more. Um, it is heart wrenchingly beautiful. Um, but that's to be expected because she's another artist that really draws from a place of personal pain and does that in a way that is relatable to anybody that chooses to hit play on her records. Um, One of the things that I really liked as far as Adele 30 goes is kind of the way that she played a little bit more with genres. And she really leaned into this like R&B Motown vibe in quite a few of the tracks on this album. And I just thought that that was so much fun. And it's really been amazing to kind of see her grow over the course of all of her records. Yeah, it's another great album. So I would recommend checking that out, but, you know, maybe make sure that you're in the right headspace to receive that cathartic sound. Yeah, maybe I'm in the right headspace because I was going to say when I hit play on this album, I was kind of dreading like, oh, is this going to be a real downer? And like it is, but it feels so different compared to the previous two, three Adele albums that I also just found it very refreshing and like yeah the songs lyrically they are downers but they just sound great like i mean this one my little love i think that might be one of my favorites right now it's about her uh ending her marriage and breaking this news to her son and you hear the son on the album too you kind of get like beyonce vibes from this track because uh you Yeah, Beyonce, of course, involving Blue Ivy in a song or two over the years. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the album. I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, yeah. And listen, like, I'm actually a really big fan of, like, breakup albums in general. I think that, you know, they lend that that storyline often lends itself so well to creating a cohesive narrative from start to finish. And I think that something that Adele did really well on 30 is that even though the majority of it is heartbreaking, there are these pockets of like sunlight almost where, Mm -hmm. you know, so she talks about like, say, finding new love or there are moments as well where, you know, she just talks about being in love as well. And I think that what that ends up doing is that it creates a, a... kind of like a tapestry of a relationship from start to finish and also kind of gives you something to look forward to on the other side, which I am sure can help, you know, so many people that choose to listen to that album as well. 
Yeah. That was beautifully put. Thank you. Thank you. I've been listening to it quite a bit. And I'm wondering, like, people who see me in the Spotify friend activity uh, window, I wonder if they're like, is Andrew okay? He's listening right. to that new Adele album a lot. What's going on? I was thinking about that, too. <laughs> I haven't thought about that ever with my Spotify activity. And I'm like, oh, God. What is it's there? What does it look like? I know, I know. Also, um, very quickly as well, if you want to listen to something that's not Adele or Taylor Swift, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the new Silk Sonic album, which is the collaborative project from Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. It's called An Evening with Silk Sonic, and it really did not get the attention that it deserved because it ended up coming out right in the midst of like the Taylor Adele releases. Um, but if you're into kind of like that Motown funk vibe, then I would uh, recommend checking that out because it's a little bit more <laughs> uplifting. And I don't know, I'm a fan of of Motown. So uh, this is right up my street. And if you are too, I would recommend checking that out. I do just want to mention that you can turn off this feature that publishes what you're listening to to the friend activity feed if y'all out there want some privacy. And by the way, there's also a private session setting that you can access, and this will not uh, publish a friend activity feed as well. But it also will not, when you're in a private session, the songs that you play will not influence your custom playlists, like the daily mixes and whatnot. So if you want to go off on a little tangent and not have your personalized stuff get influenced, you can turn that on. So if it's I great. want to listen to Red Taylor's version, the 10 minute version, <laughs> all too well. 40 times that I'm safe from Spotify asking me if I need help. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, I wanted to mention really quick, this made headlines over the weekend. Adele forced Spotify to stop shuffling albums by default when you hit play on them as a condition for letting them offer 30 in their app. People had noticed that the shuffle button disappeared right uh, on top of the play button on mobile as soon as 30 was released. And by the way, this is no longer the default option for any album on Spotify. I have to say, I'm a big Spotify user. I use it on my phone a lot. I had noticed that little shuffle button on top of the play mm -hmm. button. I feel so stupid admitting this. I did not realize that just pressing the play button automatically shuffles that album. I didn't know that either. I, I thought you just had to press the tiny shuffle button very precisely, and I never could get it to actually shuffle. I was like, why isn't this working? But then I never noticed that it was just automatically shuffling, I think because I will frequently turn uh, shuffle on on Spotify in various playlists and whatnot. So what did you two make of this? Like, it's pretty impressive that Adele has this power. I mean, this is a pretty big feature and default that they dropped. I think it's interesting bringing it up on the heels of the Taylor conversation, too, because hasn't Taylor Swift had a good deal of influence when it came to Spotify? I mean, mm -hmm. I remember a time where you couldn't listen to Taylor Swift on Spotify. And Beyonce and yeah. I think Adele and others. Yeah. Um, I love this, but there's two parts to to my answer to this question. Um, first of all, I, I love this as somebody that prefers to have my first time listening experience be the way that the tracks are ordered in an album. So I will double and triple check that I'm not um, on shuffle mode, because if I'm listening to something for the first time, I want to hear how it's been organized and see if I can find, you know, a narrative um, throughout the album. At the same time, 
I feel like this is a bigger deal for some musicians versus other musicians, because there are artists like Adele, for example, who obviously take the time and care to craft a narrative from start to finish, and she's making an album. There are other artists, like, for example, I would say like Katy Perry, who (laughs) make... Oh, I was going to say Britney Spears, but I felt like that was kind of mean because, you know, Britney's been going through a lot. But we can toss her in there, too. Yeah. There are artists like that who make singles, you know, and singles have been very popular over, I would argue, over the course of the last 10 years. There are much more, there are many more artists that are making singles. They're putting out singles. They're not putting out albums. So in that sense, I don't think it's like as important to make sure that you're not shuffling like a Britney Spears album. Uh, she knows her lane, and that's fine. Right. Um, but I think that that's something that you should take into account anytime you're sampling anything is like whether or not the the musician wants you to follow a narrative or not. When I listen to an album for the first time, no matter who it is, I am listening in order because maybe they are trying to tell a story. Yeah. But yeah, I completely agree. Like in the case of Adele, she's telling a story. Brittany, Katie, others, probably not. Um And just for the record, you still can hit play on the album and then shuffle, but it does not shuffle by default. And I do think that was a pretty stupid feature. I usually love Spotify, but I didn't realize that was the default, and now I'm glad I never realized it. Well, we've already had an action-packed episode, and we will be talking about Thanksgiving and holiday travel. But first, we wanted to mention our Patreon, and what's coming up in After Dark today. What's going on, Laura? So Pam and I are going to be doing an Ask Us Anything edition um, without Andrew, because Andrew is leaving us before the start of After Dark today. So it's going to be a great opportunity for me and Pam to get together and finally just say all of the shit about you that we've wanted to say for years, Andrew. Please, please, I welcome it. (laughs) I know the listeners would love it. So go for it. I mean, I'm still editing, but, you know, go for it. Andrew doesn't give a fuck. See, here's the thing. When you when you've worked with somebody for 16 years, like there's there's not very many surprises. <laughs> you can pull off, right. Honestly. Right. But no, I mean, there's there's going to be some really candid questions about, you know, how we've handled things like, you know, female beauty standards and like determining how much of that is something we want versus how much of it is like impressed upon us by society and how we deal with casual sexism and you know how we shoot those kinds of things down so there is going to be a lot of tea for sure um somebody wants us to talk about what kind of boss andrew is so we're going to address that (laughs) it's Uh going to be great Tune in. Mm-hmm. For the record, I am not the boss. We were talking about this and hashing it out. I'm not the boss of Millennial. I don't want people to see me that way. I was the boss of Hypable, though. So Pam can tell you what that was about. I think somebody was like, is he like Emerson? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've answered that question before. No, because I'll buy Pam lunch. <laughs> We're going to dig deep today. So that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. And by the way, we will be off next week, but we will have a new variety show up over on our Patreon. And it is going to be a commentary for the Netflix Christmas movie, The Princess Switch, Switched Again. One of our listeners suggested we do a cheesy Christmas movie because they thought that'd be fun to do a commentary for, and we thought that was a great idea. And then Pam suggested The Princess Switch, Switched Again, because the threequel 
uh, was just released. We're talking about the sequel. If you haven't seen the first movie, it's okay. I hadn't either. So I asked questions along the way, and uh, Laura and Pam also kind of explain what is going on. And Pam made a custom drinking game for this movie and all cheesy Christmas movies available on Netflix, Hallmark, Lifetime, etc. And some listeners took a look at this and were like, wow, Pam's trying to kill us because these rules are a lot of them could be applied to all the cheesy Christmas movies. But you did a great job with that, Pam. Thank you. I'm yeah, so glad so y'all had fun. So again, that commentary will be available actually this weekend at patreon.com slash millennial. All right, more fun to be had today. But first, this week's episode of Millennial is brought to you by one of our newer sponsors, Stance. I got to admit that I can be notoriously difficult to buy for. People are always complaining about how they never know what to get me for the holidays. I am making it easier on everybody this year because I just want some new Stance clothing. It looks great and feels amazing. I also have to admit that this isn't something I would say as a kid. I don't know about y'all, but when I was little, clothing seemed so boring to receive. It's like, give me a toy. But now, oh no, I love clothes. Because you gotta take those small wins in life, and one of them is feeling comfortable during your day. And boy, does Stance give you some comfort. Guaranteed to make merry with quality comforts for you and yours, Stance has made gift-giving super simple this holiday season. Stance's premium line of socks, apparel, and more always come correct with colorful constructions, innovative materials, and choice fits that are built to last. Throw in an all-star curation of A-list collaborators, and those lucky recipients of your holiday nice list have never had it so good. Check out Stance.com for all the latest, including several different subscription options that are sure to keep your friends and family feeling great all year round. They have all kinds of designs themed around movies, sports, and beloved names, including Harry Potter. I am loving Stance's socks and undies most right now. They have different types depending on your needs, and they put serious effort into designing these. Because while they do have novelty prints, they don't sacrifice quality at all. So what you're getting, no matter what you buy, is really high-quality stuff. Stance has the perfect gift for every punk and poet on your list. Go see for yourself. It's easy. Just head on over to Stance.com and pick out some styles you think they might like. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. So this is our last episode before Thanksgiving. It's coming out the day before, and I thought it would be fun to to kind of do a little holiday survival guide Thanksgiving edition. Uh, I first wanted to kind of kick off uh, talking about, you know, if we have any plans for Thanksgiving, and then I think Andrew has some follow-up questions. So what are we all doing? My Thanksgiving is always very hectic because I have two houses to hit. This is, you know, byproduct of me being a child of divorce. Uh, it's definitely not my favorite holiday, but, um, you know, I, I think it can be fun for other people. So. And did you do this last year or was Thanksgiving canceled because of COVID? No, I mean, like last year I got a big break because it was just me and my mom at home. <laughs> it was actually really nice not to have yeah. to, you know, uh, run to two different houses, make things for two different dinners, save enough room for two different feasts. Right. It's a lot. Yeah. So I stopped going home for Thanksgiving back in 2012 or so because I living in California at the time, flying from uh, 
California to New Jersey for Thanksgiving. And then like two, three weeks later, I was flying back for Christmas and it just seemed redundant and too much of a hassle. So I stopped in 2012. I haven't been back for Thanksgiving since. And I always co- I always go back for Christmas, except for last year because of the pandemic. But I'm just not a fan of Thanksgiving. I don't get much out of it. Like, yeah, it's nice to be uh, around family, I guess. But I'm going to be back for Christmas anyway. So, like, just hold out for a couple weeks and then you can see me then. And I think to this point, a lot of people feel this way because we look at, you know, what happens right after Halloween. People are already decorating for Christmas. They're forgetting Thanksgiving. It's just like, you know, and Starbucks and Dunkin' and all the other places, they put out the holiday cups. They're not Thanksgiving-themed cups. They're Christmas cups. It's a great weekend to relax. I like that everything's more chill over Thanksgiving, but I'm not going home, uh, and Pat and I are going over to California uh, for Thanksgiving. Just the chill. That sounds really nice. And it's kind of like the opposite of what you would expect to see in any of these cheesy holiday movies. It's always <laughs> people coming from the West Coast where the weather is like beautiful. And then they're going to their, you know, hometown on the East Coast where the snow is terrible and the just whole vibe is off. So I like that you're uh, you're changing the narrative there. <laughs> For us, we we always have two Thanksgivings as well, Mark and I do, because we do Thanksgiving brunch uh, with his family, and then we go up and do Thanksgiving dinner with my family. It's always a bit of a balancing act because, as you can imagine, uh, both meals are quite plentiful, so we have to kind of pace ourselves a little bit. But I think we have it down at this point. Like brunch happens at like noon, and then dinner happens at seven, so that's like a good amount of time to digest. I I would say I enjoy Thanksgiving as a precursor to Christmas. Like it feels like a prologue in a lot of ways. <laughs> like fun things to come in like three weeks. But I agree that the the distance between these two holidays is so exhausting if you have to travel. Like I remember when I was in college, I went to school in Maryland, I would come home for Thanksgiving. And then I would turn around and come right back. It was like Thanksgiving, come back, take finals, go back home. Yeah. And when I lived in New York for grad school, I just stopped coming home for Thanksgiving because myself and my family realized it just wasn't worth it for all of the extra expense and the travel stress. Um, And my brother was actually living in the mid-Atlantic at the time. So we actually got into the tradition of him getting on a bus and coming to New York to spend Thanksgiving with me. Mm, So that was nice. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. But now that I'm back in Georgia, definitely keeping up with the Thanksgiving thing for sure. Is Thanksgiving something that you two actually enjoy getting back to my point a few minutes ago, because it really does feel like people are just like thinking about Christmas. No. And I feel really bad <laughs> saying that, but it's the don't truth. Feel bad. <laughs> no, it is the truth. I just I don't know. I you know, in my family, Thanksgiving is just a clusterfuck and we open our doors for every holiday, but I feel like the most people come for Thanksgiving and then everybody kind of just leaves us alone for Christmas and it's much more relaxed and it's way nicer and less stressful. Um, Thanksgiving is really just like us catering to anybody that walks in the door, which is fine. It's nice, but it's just like, it's so exhausting. And then, yeah. like I said, having to hit two houses in one 
in one day and every in both households want you to like eat some semblance of dinner there. That's a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. And um, everybody I, expects the same thing every year. You right. can't be like, you know what? I'm not doing this every year. There's, yeah, there's an really, expectation. Listen, I need to learn how to say no. And I know that this is a flaw that I have because, you know, people are like, oh, I really like that you made that thing. Can you make that thing? It's like, yeah, okay, I'll make that thing. But like each thing takes a couple of hours to make and I have to right. make two things or three things. And yeah. Oh, see, I'm guilty of this, Pam, because Pam sent me Christmas cookies one year. And then I was like, can I have them next year? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Christmas cookies, I actually enjoy making because I'll make those at like midnight when I'm trying to sleep and anxiety is keeping me up. So that's fine. Midnight but cookies. like pies, roasts, things that take hours to make. It's yeah. just a lot. Yeah. See, this is one of the things that um, I really appreciate about my family. And it wasn't something that I like ever understood until I started talking about my friends about their holiday experiences. My parents did an awesome job um, growing up and even to this day of making holidays about our nuclear family. So like Thanksgiving, it's us and significant others, right? If, if Josh and I are with somebody um, or, um, you know, there's never any pressure from extended family to like all get together and do a big family dinner or like have people over and entertain them. That was a boundary my parents set up from before I can remember. And I'm so grateful for it because it makes these holidays so much less stressful. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it wasn't stress-free for them to create those boundaries, but I'm very thankful that they did. I mean, it's like it's a double edged sword because I I see and especially now that I'm older, it's, you know, I'm paying more attention. I see how appreciative people that don't have families are that my grandparents always made, you know, space for anybody that walked in the door. Um, They always made space for them at the table and always made them feel special. And that's really, really nice. But is it a little bit stressful to get everything together knowing that you know i'm the one that's got to pick up the slack yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then you need a vacation after that holiday mm-hmm. yeah well the christmas decorations and the lights are already on the house over here because we're just skipping thanksgiving I see all together yeah including behind me right now <laughs> i decorated on saturday the house looks so cozy i'm very oh very happy. good yeah. yeah yeah andrew i gotta say it looks good but it's no princess switch switched again I know. I looked at it after we did that commentary. I was like, oh, this is lame. We need more garland. <laughs> Look, I have a Mario. Yeah, I have a Mario Christmas tree this year. I meant to plug oh, it in cute. before the show. That's it's USB. Really cute. So, yeah, it lights up. Mario looks really cute in a Santa outfit on the box. Uh, so, let's make some recommendations uh, because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of free time on Thanksgiving as well. You don't have you know, gifts to open or activities like that to do traditionally. But uh, in case you're struggling to come up with things to do, I thought that this would be, you know, an easy way for you to maybe get some ideas. So I wanted to start with asking you all to recommend a fun game to play with family and or friends to kind of pass the time. Yeah, I'll start what I'll start with one that 
I've mentioned maybe once or twice before. If if uh, I have, it's been a while. There's this game that actually uh, Bugglecast co-host Eric got me into. It's called Code Names, and it's basically Battleship with cards. And there's different themed boxes. There's actually a Harry Potter one. There's a Simpsons one. There's a Marvel one. And you're trying to get uh, the your teammate to guess the correct cards that are face down on a table. And what's good about this game is you can really play it with a large group of people. I want to recommend also a card game. It's called The Resistance, and this shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, The Resistance, and I'm just reading from the manufacturer, pits a small group of resistance fighters against a powerful and corrupt government. Um, So essentially, you will be given identity cards at the beginning of your game, and you're not to reveal whether you are uh, with the government or whether you're a resistance spy. As you go through each round, it's incumbent upon you to pay attention to what the other people in the game are doing, because it might give away whether or not they're a spy. And obviously, if you're working for the government, you want to try and eliminate spies and vice versa. Um, And when the rounds end, whichever group has... um, has members remaining wins. It's a fun game. It takes like 30 minutes. It's um, a similar premise to Werewolf One Night, if any of y'all have ever played that. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it can definitely encourage some very enthusiastic gameplay because you'll have people accusing each other of being a spy or not being a spy. And it kind of forces you to be on your toes and like have mm. your story straight and be able to explain the things that you're doing and what your strategy is while maybe not necessarily revealing your true strategy. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. I wanted to recommend a board game called Hues and Cues. Um it it's super fun and I think that anybody can play. So if you have like a lot of littles in your family too, they could probably get in on this as well. Um, so the board is just like a very large color grid and, uh, the person that draws the card that has the color on it that the other players are trying to guess gives one or two word clues to hopefully get other players to correctly guess the color on the game board. And then the players that are guessing put their piece on the color that they think is the the color that the card drawer is trying to get them to guess. Wow. Yeah, it's it's super fun. You could give a clue like Talonol, for example, and then everybody would have to pick, you know, what color they think that could be. Um, so maybe you think it's red because the Telenol logo is red, logo is red, or maybe you think it's purple because kids Telenol is purple and yeah, it's super fun. And I believe you can pick this up at Target. Huh? Is this tough? Because a lot of the colors look so similar to one another. It is. Yeah. So that's what kind of makes it challenging for you to give clues. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then players get points based on how close they get to the actual color. Um, oh then, yeah okay that's so you fun. don't have to be like completely exact but i see you'll get okay. more points if you do oh i like that yeah i wish there was an online version because i feel like this would be fun for us to play on a variety show but i yeah. don't think it exists yet might be something to look into though and then yeah. if you don't have time to go pick up a board game i just wanted to recommend uh forehead detective or the post-it note game which is what we call it in my family um and that's just the one where you put like a famous person's name on your forehead and then you ask questions and try and figure out who you're supposed to be and stuff like that. And it's a really good time sex. So 
Cool. And you don't need any sort of board game to play that. So what about like a show to binge or movie to watch if people are not, you know, into games? I think a comedy is going to be the safe bet, right? And I think especially for Thanksgiving, (laughs) now that Thanksgiving is out of the way, you've had dinner, you're just chilling in the living room. Now's the time to really lean into Christmas. And why not a good Netflix Christmas movie like The Princess Switch? No. You know, I was just looking. Netflix has The Holiday. I don't know how long they've had it, but that is one of my favorite Christmas movies. We did a commentary for that over on MuggleCast. The Christmas Chronicles. Have you seen this Netflix Christmas movie? Mm-hmm. That's my recommendation. Oh, it's shit. It's really cute. Sorry. I didn't no, even... no, this works out really well, though, because now I can like jump in and talk about that. OK. But yeah, it's it's super fun. That's a good like family all ages movie. Um, yeah. And the there's two out. So you could do like a double feature if you really need to kill a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but the first one uh, deals with these two siblings who had to plan to kidnap and capture Santa Claus. And then they end up teaming up with him to save Christmas. So it's it's kind of like a really fun new classic Christmas tale if you're into kind of ringing in the next holiday on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I love that. And the other thing with with comedies or Christmas comedies or just Christmas movies is that you don't really have to pay attention too hard to the storyline. So you can still chill with your family and talk and go eat some more food and then come back. And it's like it's not a big deal if, if you don't uh, see everything. Um, so I have two recommendations. The first is if you're in an adults only setting, I would recommend Tiger King season two. <laughs> is that good? <laughs> Would you no. call the first? Well, okay. <laughs> yes. I have a question for you. Would you call the first season good? Yes. In that yes. it's a train wreck? I mean, the story is fascinating. Yeah. So there continue to be new developments in the story, particularly around Carol Baskin's husband. Um, but oh. you also get quite a bit of Joe Exotic from jail. I've only seen the first two episodes of it. Um, but there's new music video footage. So if you oh. enjoyed the songs from the first Tiger King series, this will not disappoint. Um, and you also get to catch up with some of the cast of characters who have kind of built their reputation on Joe Exotic's imprisonment <laughs> and crimes. And it's just, it's like watching a Florida man documentary. Wow. Okay. The reason I had that reaction is because I did start Tiger King 2, but it really wasn't about Joe, except for the first five, ten minutes, and that was interesting. And there was no mention of Carol, and it was about some other character, and I just got quickly bored. I was like, that's what they're leading with? Okay, I'm out. But you just sold me on it, so I'll return to the world of Tiger King. (laughs) Now, I will say, if there are lots of kiddos around, just put on Disney+. Plus. There's something there for everyone. Uh-huh. And then how about a go-to quick and easy-ish last-minute dish if uh, anybody needs to whip up something to bring to like a potluck-style dinner and maybe hasn't thought that far ahead yet? My mom is famous for her cheesy potatoes. They're really good. And I was just looking at a recipe, 10 minutes to prep and then an hour in the oven. Um, these are always a hit at my family gatherings, including Thanksgiving. And if you're a lazy fuck like me, I recommend going to the Publix Bakery. <laughs> if you live in a state where you have Publix, Publix Bakery is just so special. And I can't tell you the number of times when I've been on the way to a party or a holiday gathering and been like, oh, shit, I'm going to be that person showing up with nothing. 
go into Publix, get a bottle of wine, and then go into the bakery and get some nice pastries or cookies or even a cake if you're feeling fancy. Um, that's probably what I'm going to end up doing, just knowing myself. And then you take these things out of the Publix containers and nah. you plate them on your own dishware and you're like, I made this myself. No, I'm not We've even that creative. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pam's just been exposed. <laughs> oh my God. That's, you know, honestly, like the first Thanksgiving dinner that I have to go to, I my brother signed me up for apple pie. I've never made an apple pie in my life. And he signed us up to bring apple pie but that really means that i have to bring apple pie i don't even know how to make apple pie so someone's Aww. getting you know a store-bought apple pie <laughs> so I, <don't laughs> I think that's just if you don't know yeah yeah exactly uh but uh an equally lazy option that i like to uh go with if i want to make it look like i put in more effort than i did is like any sort of baked brie it's really easy to customize and really all you need is like some kind of jam a brie wheel and puff pastry. You just like toss that in the oven and it automatically looks really fancy, even though it's not. And you can just serve it with like crackers or like you can get a baguette and slice that up into small pieces and serve it that way. Or you can serve it with apple slices. Um, so that's really easy to whip up and put together and it'll make it look like you put more effort than you did. Okay, Love that. great. Yeah, looking at the photos, my mouth is watering. So I haven't told Laura and Pam this yet, but since we're talking about surviving Thanksgiving, an idea struck me earlier today. I wrote a Thanksgiving survival poem for Ooh. dealing with Ooh, I love uh, this. Yeah, rough family members. Yeah. All right. If anyone at the turkey table says the word Trump, cut in and tell your family about your latest dump. <laughs> if anyone with wine blurts out, let's go, Brandon, loudly announce that it's time to abandon. If anyone dares to say the vaccination kills you, stop the madness by proclaiming Thanksgiving stuffing fills you. <laughs> Should Uncle Larry mention the phrase fake news, head to the liquor cabinet and grab a bottle of booze. If you see a picture of a Jesus that's white, tear it down, but be prepared for a fight. If a woke cousin tries to state that Adele's 30 is a flop, play Oh My God on loop to prove it's a bop. When Grandpa Billy bitches that climate change is a hoax, yell, fuck you, Grandpa, and hold on to your hopes. <laughs> we at Millennial wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget the cranberry sauce, butter, and a dash of forgiving. It's my poem. I love that so much. I love that. I want... That was so good, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to like make a little title card for socials and use like that really fancy script font yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like put it up for everybody. Chloe, Chloe, you listening? <laughs> that was inspired. I mean, like, listen, I was going to ask for us to give any advice for anybody that's worried about dealing with relatives that are pushy or annoying, but I think Andrew just kind of like covered all the bases. There we and go. We're good. And yep. we can just wrap it up there. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new sponsor this week, Script. And this is a great one for readers, and I know we've got many in our audience. With so much content out there and in a million different places, it can be tough to decide what to read or listen to next. With Scribd, you get instant access to millions of ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, and more, all wrapped up in one subscription. You also get thoughtfully curated editor's picks and smart recommendations based on what you've read, which makes choosing your next book that much simpler. 
I checked it out and I love the sudden huge library of content that I now have access to. I can read Entertainment Weekly for the first time in forever. I can read Time Magazine. I can browse current NYT bestsellers, Pulitzer Prize winners, and so, so much more. With Scribd, the most fascinating library is at your fingertips, all for just $9.99 a month. You'll get to enjoy instant access to Scribd's entire library for less than the cost of a single book. It could not be simpler. There's no complicated credits or additional purchases. This is it, $9.99 a month. Wired, TechCrunch, and Forbes have all called it the Netflix for books. We've got a really great offer, too. This is a no-brainer. Right now, Scribd is offering our listeners a free 60-day trial. This is going to get you through the new year. Go to try.scribd.com slash M-I-L-L for your free trial. That's try.scribd.com slash M-I-L-L to get 60 days of Scribd for free. Again, such a great offer, and we will have the link in the show notes. Get a free trial and let it carry you through the new year. This is also going to help you over your holiday break. I mean, you're going to suddenly have so much content to read. So again, that's try.scribd.com slash M-I-L-L to get 60 days of Scribd for free. Well, speaking of the holidays, I was doing some reading about some of the projected holiday traffic this coming Thanksgiving. And I wanted to talk about this for a couple of reasons. One, it seems like travel uh, this week specifically is going to be nightmarish. And two, I wanted to see how we're all feeling about it because this is such a normal before times thing to be talking about. And I find myself feeling, I don't know, a little bit out of touch with time. (laughs) Is anyone else feeling some jet lag, forgive the pun, around things becoming normal or more normal here in the States? Yeah, it is weird. But I, I heard this point raised earlier today. We're entering nearly two full years yeah. since the start. That's mind-blowing to me. And people are just ready to get back into their old lives, if you can even remember what that was like. And of course, now with not just the first and second uh, shots, but now here in America, everybody can get the third shot. It does feel right. Uh, yeah, I think it, it does feel odd, but... Um, I, I, I think that Andrew hit the nail on the head. I think people have been dying to return to normal for, uh, quite some time now. And so in some ways, this isn't surprising. Does it kind of stress me out? Yes, but it's something that we can't control. So we kind of just have to wait and see, um, what happens after I know that, um, some are already anticipating like a little bit more of a spike with like COVID related issues after the holidays and, it's just kind of hard to tell if that's going to happen or not. It all kind of depends on, you know, the boosters and vaccine rates and things like that. So I've been struggling with this sensation of like, of course, I want to go back to normal. But at the same time, there are certain things that I would be okay with not going back to normal. Like having the amount of distance from people we've had the last couple of years, I think, has shown there are many instances which were not ideal before all of this started. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard for me to want to do anything where I'm just in a crowd of people ever again. I don't know if I ever want to do that again. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I don't know but if this makes me weird. No, it doesn't make you weird. I think it's going to take everybody uh, a different amount of time to get back to the old times. And of course, nobody's going to force you to be around uh, a large crowd of people in a large crowd of people. But I mean, there's going to come, uh, there will come situations where you might want to be like going to a concert or I don't know, a, a big party with old friends or something like that. I think I think you just need more time. I'm yeah. ready. How many <laughs> friends do you think boost. I have, Andrew? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe <laughs> the old MuggleCast crew. How about that? See, and that's fine. Small gatherings, totally cool. Small gatherings with vaccinated friends, even up to like medium gatherings. But I'll tell you, I hated flying. Not that I ever loved flying before this, but I yeah. hated being crammed close to that many people. And I wonder if that's going to be an issue that drives some of the bad behavior that we've heard reported on airplanes going into this holiday season, because people aren't used to it anymore. It's going to be a mess for sure. Yeah. So uh, that's something that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. Um, Pam, I know that you've already done a little bit of travel this holiday season. Andrew, you're talking about you're going to California for Christmas. Um how how are you feeling about those experiences? Andrew, are you anticipating any travel delays or any travel drama? And Pam, what was your experience like traveling this last couple of weeks? I'm going to California for Thanksgiving. You may have just oh, misspoken. I, I am going home for Christmas. Christmas. I mean, we're just yeah. we're just driving to California, so I'm not mm-hmm. really anticipating any problems. But Christmas, I am expecting it to be very packed mm-hmm. uh, in the airport. The other part of me is like, yeah, I know flying isn't the greatest experience, but what if everyone just collectively decided to chill and deal with it? This is just what flying is. There are lines, there are unexpected delays, there's going to be some turbulence, your seat's going to get kicked. We're all going to make it home. Just appreciate the fact that we can hop in this tube and quickly get wherever we want to be within a few hours. And look, I have a newfound appreciation for flying after not flying for two years. So I I speak very positively about flying for that reason. But really, your life is boring. So enjoy having a unique day in your life. You don't get to do this very often. Just enjoy it. Kick back. People watch in the airport. Have a drink. Read a book. It's going to be okay. It's part of the holidays. And to that point, Andrew, quickly before I turn to you, Pam, to hear about your experience. This is something we talked about on an episode a few weeks back. The FAA has received more than 5,100 reports of unruly passengers since January of this year. Um, Flight attendants and and flight staff, they're, they're understaffed and they're pretty exhausted. So that's definitely a consideration. Um, Pam, how was your experience traveling? So we drove. Um, I, I was in San Diego the first week of the month, and then I was up in Portland the second week, and we both drove. We both we drove both times, uh, which was a lot less anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. But I will say it was very interesting to kind of because basically we drove through the whole state almost. Um, and so it was very interesting to kind of see how the mask mandate was being handled in certain cities versus other cities. But we just kind of did what we felt comfortable with, which was masking up as we would have done back home. Um, and I traveled with family and all of my family members are vaccinated. So it was probably like the safest 
way to travel or like the way that I think was the most comfortable for me, (laughs) which was really helpful. And, um, and most of the stuff, like actually almost everything we, we did was outdoors anyway. So like there was a lot of hiking and walking up in Portland and we did a lot of outdoor activities in uh, San Diego as well. So it was really nice. That's awesome. Uh That sounds great. And it's so smart that you two drove because flying this holiday season is going to be a nightmare. I was reading that Thanksgiving flights in particular are up 78% from the rates in 2020, which is actually even slightly higher than 2019 holiday travel levels. So surprising. Yeah, there are a lot of people flying right now. As a result, flying is becoming very expensive at the moment. You'll remember early on in the pandemic, flying was cheap because they couldn't get butts in seats. Well, now right. as the demand increases, so to do the prices. Um additionally, some of the other things that people are going to have to contend with when they're traveling this season are the potentials for flight cancellations and delays. In particular, Southwest Spirit and American Airlines have all had operational meltdowns in recent weeks, which have led to the cancellations of thousands of flights. And if that was happening in recent weeks, you can only imagine what it's going to look like over the holiday weekend. Um, so that's something to be aware of. And long lines at airports might be another issue. Apparently, 40% of Transportation Security Administration employees had not yet disclosed their vaccine status as of earlier this month. And the deadline to do so was November 22nd, which has already passed. So there may be a lack in TSA uh, employees available to help manage those lines at airports, which is just a recipe for disaster. Two quick wrecks to make the airport a slightly better experience by noise canceling headphones. Those mm-hmm. are amazing for planes as well. I know they're a little more expensive, but you can find some deals, especially right now with Black Friday coming up. And also uh, get pre-check. This covers mm-hmm. you for, I think, three years. You really Once you get pre-checked, you don't have to wait in security lines any longer. And if you do, they're extremely short. Now, I wouldn't recommend this if you only fly once a year. But if you fly a few times a year at least, pre-check is definitely worth it. And actually, some credit cards will cover the pre-check fee, like mine does, the Chase Sapphire card. So those two things could make it a little more bearable. Well, I wanted to get um, all of our takes on something, and then I think we're going to post this as a poll on our social channels so that people can weigh in and we can revisit it after the holiday. Um, What do we anticipate is going to be the most reported travel hell story over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend? Will it be unruly passengers on flights? Will it be flight cancellations and delays? Or will it be long lines at airports? (laughs) most reported because all three definitely will be reported (laughs) i'll say unruly passengers because that gets a lot of clicks and views like you know flight cancellations and delays long lines at airports we see it every year surprise surprise unruly passengers that's the shiny new thing this year and with apologies Mm -hmm. to anybody who works uh within these airlines or airports yeah we'll be hearing about a lot of those of course it just takes one nut who gets taped up on on Frontier yelling that my parents are rich and yet he's flying Frontier to, to you know, have a viral story. So that's my vote. 
I have to say flight cancellations delays it, but I'm going to knock on wood because I have to go pick my brother up from the airport tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh God, and I I'm really sorry. hope that he doesn't get delayed uh, because it's kind of far. So I would like to not be just like chilling in my car waiting for his flight to get there. You know what? At least he's not getting there super late in the day tomorrow. No, if no, it were but he's getting Wednesday. in freaking early. Yeah. He's getting in at 7.30 in the morning. So I am, I am doing a great service by getting out of bed and going to pick him up. <laughs> All right. Well, you'll have to update us on how that goes. And then to any of our listeners who are flying over the next week or so, if you see any unruly passengers, get a video. I don't want anybody to do anything to put themselves at risk. But like, if there's some crazy person on your plane, we'd be interested to see it. Um, because, we're sorry, but send yeah, us pics. We're, we're sorry, but like, pics or it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I just wanted to quickly mention, and this was great, Target has, which is a huge retailer here, here in the US, they've announced that they are permanently closing stores on Thanksgiving. So no longer for the foreseeable future, will you be able to go to uh, Target on Thanksgiving? Many other stores are uh, closing this Thanksgiving as well, including many big retailers. However, they have not promised to be closed on Thanksgiving going forward. So good on Target for doing that. Yeah. In the age of the internet, it seems more unnecessary than ever to keep stores open on big holidays. So this makes a lot of sense. And now people are like, you know, patting Target on the back. It's, it's a good move from a publicity perspective. All right. Well, on that note, that concludes today's episode of Millennial. A reminder coming up in After Dark today, I have to leave a little early. So the ladies are going to be doing an AMA and uh, spending time together. I think that's super cute. I don't know if that's ever happened before. So that'll be at patreon.com slash millennial. We really appreciate your support. And remember, look forward to that variety show coming up over the weekend. And of course, if you haven't been on our Patreon before, or if it's been a while, there's tons of content. Time for a couple more recommendations. I'll start. So when buying a home security camera, maybe you're doing this for a loved one this holiday. Don't go cheap. Those cheap security cameras, they are security nightmares. The cheap ones, they're by these unknown companies who don't have a reputation for good security. You don't want to put these companies' cameras in your home. That's dangerous because you don't know who has access and what their security is like. Major companies, on the other hand, like Ring and Nest and Wise, and there are a few others, they take security very seriously because they care about their reputation for security. It's extremely important for their business. Random companies you see on Amazon that's selling a camera for 20 bucks, they don't care about security. They don't invest in security. They don't have money because you're spending $20 on a camera. Those companies have much less to lose. So please invest in good security cameras if you're going to buy those. And I wanted to recommend uh, investing in some smart plugs. You can get them fairly cheap on Amazon. I think I have the GoSend ones. Uh, these just make... Uh, turning your Christmas lights on so much easier. So if you're going to start decorating, I would highly recommend looking into these because you can just turn them off and on from your phone, no matter where you are in your house or away from your house. You can set timers for them as well. It's super convenient. And then you don't have to be like me before I got my smart plugs and running out of the house in like 30 degree weather to turn off the Christmas lights from outside. Oh, yeah. So it's really nice. 
I see that we're very Christmas themed with our recommendations this week. Um, I wanted to recommend Bath and Body Works because right now they've got their three wick candles on uh, buy three, get three free. These candles are amazing. They smell so good. Like they fill any space with just gorgeous aromas. And of course, they have lots of holiday scents. So if you're looking for like, you know, your autumnal or winter scents or like baked goods or things like that. Um, They just have so many amazing ones. Typically, these candles are pretty expensive, but when you can get these buy three, get three, it's totally worth it. I also double checked it just to make sure it was working. And I ran uh, honey over it as well to make sure I was getting the best deal. And I was. So there this we is go. honey approved. Thank you, millennial sponsor, honey. If you have any feedback about today's episode, you can write directly to millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, now featuring our Gen Z social media manager. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. We are so thankful for all of you. And Laura and Pam, I'm thankful for you, too. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye.